1: And thank you for joining me on this special edition of Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. This edition of the program, a little bit different than we normally have. You're welcome to eat, to uh, hit me up via Twitter, at dware one at dware one depending upon when you're listening to this. And so a couple of things here. Um, number one, um, congratulations to Howard uh, University. Uh, the football program, and, and and listen, Howard is on a roll right now. When you look at the athletics department, you know, I've said for years that I didn't think, not, not that Howard isn't serious about athletics. It just didn't, it uh, it, it more of the priorities was on, which, which at all schools they are, but I think other schools place more emphasis on athletics than Howard does, uh, shall I say, but I, I I I may have to do a bit of a caveat by saying this: You look at the men's basketball program, uh, won the Miac uh, tournament championship. I think it was the first since like 1992 um, this past year. Uh, you look at the football program now. I mean, I, I, I mean, technically a share of the title uh, last year, but really the title this year. Even though North Carolina Central and Howard both had one loss. Um, the head-to-head went to Howard, and as, as it should have been last year when North Carolina Central should have been claimed or should have been um, uh, named champions, Howard named champions of the MEAC and will play in the Celebration Bowl for the first time. So Howard Athletics is on an uptick. We already know that the university has a great reputation it, it has had from a historical perspective to a present perspective. Remember, let's not forget, and those that may not have remembered this or don't know this, the Vice President of the United States, Miss Kamala Harris, is a Howard University grad. So congratulations to the Bison. I will say also congratulations to North Carolina Central making an appearance in the FCS playoffs as well. Uh, deservedly so, and it just goes to show, again, we could talk. you can talk to me all day about the MEAC and only six football teams. As long as we're in the Celebration Bowl era, the MIAC is good, okay? As long as we're in the Celebration Bowl era, the MIAC is good. Why? Because you don't need an automatic berth to go to the FCS playoffs, and North Carolina Central has shown that you can go to the Celebration Bowl, okay, a, a team from the MIAC can be represented in the Celebration Bowl, and also can be represented in the FCS playoffs. When the Celebration Bowl took place, there was a lot of chatter about the MEAC. Guess what? In 2016, North Carolina Central represented the MEAC in the Celebration Bowl. North Carolina A&T represented the MEAC in the FCS playoffs. So both can, in fact, happen. So listen, Kyle Serba, uh, the, the longtime serving sports information director at North Carolina Central, now is the executive director of communications and the main basketball contact at Duke University. That is huge. A conversation with him today on the program. Right now we're introducing what we're calling the HBCU collective podcast can be watched on the Box to Row YouTube page and had a chance for our very first episode to catch up with Detroit Lions general manager Brad Holmes, a graduate of North Carolina A and T, and Detroit Pistons general manager Troy Weaver, an alum of Bowie State, had a conversation with them. Check it so out. Let me start here, and I'm going to ask. I want to talk a little bit um, about your respective HBCU experiences. I'm going to start with you, Troy. You're you're an H. You're a, uh, of course a Bowie State. Um, alum have gotten to this level. You were with the Oklahoma City Thunder, Utah Jazz, now, of course, running the show there uh, with the Pistons. Can you speak to how your time at Bowie State may have helped to prepare you uh, for your position now with the Detroit Pistons?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Donald. The experiences at HBCU can't be replaced. Just the nurturing you get there, Uh, The support you get there, the camaraderie there on campus with the staff and the students is is second to none. My time there, uh, I was able to grow and continue to work through navigating being a young man, Uh, and it really helped me forge uh, into my career and and be excited about who I was, which is always a foundation for anyone being strong in who you are and and self-confidence and I uh, definitely received um, a lot of that at, uh, while I was at Boise State.
1: No doubt about it. Same thing for you, Brad. Now I had a chance to see a tiny bit of yours in '99 when I was the SID at A and We had a really good football team. You're part of that. Our national team. champions, That's man. Right. That's right. Mm. Talk about it, A and
3: T. Yeah, no, um, man. Uh, a lot of just the. It's funny when I was when I took my visit to A and T. Um, I was dead set on not going to ANT because my dad was there. You know, my mom was an ANT grad, my sister was an AT grad. And uh, I was like, I'm gonna forge my own path and go. And then when well, you know, I made the mistake to taking a visit up there and walked around that campus and sat in that cab far too long, man. And I was like, I'm sold. But you know, they had a good it was a good football decision too. They had guys get I think they had like three guys get drafted the year that I came in and, um, you know, uh, they, they were winning and it just felt right. But, you know, uh, I always thought that, you know, when you don't have all the top notch facilities, you really learn to do without and you just have so much appreciation of the camaraderie, the guys around you, appreciation for the culture. And um, I do think that just starting off, you know, at least in scouting in the NFL, you don't make a lot of money. You know, you got to kind of just grind, and you know, like like we say all the time, just kind of get it how you live, and uh, and that that was relatively easy for me, um, based off of kind of what, what what I that just came out of uh, at at and T. But one of the I played with a guy named Troy Pelchak, and um, you probably remember Pelchak. I do. And so when I got to the St. Louis Rams as a PR intern, when I got my shots. Our running backs coach at the time, Wilbur Montgomery, he remembered Pell Shack from his time with the Rams. And so when he found out that I had just got done playing at a that's how we strung up a good relationship and started talking football and introduced me to the general manager. So there was multiple ways where, you know, um, you know, the, the experience at a and um, kind of helped me get the uh, opportunity.
1: That the voice, of course, of Brad Holmes, the general manager of the Detroit Lions. To my right, Troy Weaver, for those that can see, the general manager of the Detroit uh, Pistons. Both are HBCU alums as they join us here on the program. My next thought now, I'll, I'll start again with you, Troy, adversity. Can you all speak to maybe, and uh, in, in this for you, Troy, I, I read a letter that you wrote to the Pistons fans after last season, um, you know, just just kind of talking to them about the process, because it is a process. I think sometimes people come in and you think it's going to happen right away, and it doesn't, and there's a process to this thing. So can you kind of speak to that, and specifically that letter that you wrote to the uh, Pistons faithful?
2: Yeah, um, we, uh, it is a process, and we want to make sure we don't skip any steps. And I said this year that we wanted to uh, put our food in the oven and not microwave it. Um, but I wanted the fans to know um, that um, we're going to uh, stay diligent to the task of, of restoring the Pistons. And I just want to know, like, you know, we aren't there. Um, we're sorry that it's taking a little longer, um, but we're going to get there. And uh, their patience uh, with us and, uh, and our restoring and helping us build the same brick brick by brick. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing for us when we finally get on the other side but um, anything we do, uh, there's going to be some um, trials and tribulations and uh, we are uh, facing, we face adversity um, since I walked in here and uh, we'll, we'll we'll face it uh, when we get it going um, you look at what, what Brad is doing with the Lions um, they're off to a great start and they're fighting through uh, injuries all season and, 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 and still uh, carrying the flag and uh, we're trying to do the same but uh, we're, we're not going to uh, shortcut it I'm uh, going to turn over every stone and make sure we put a product uh, on the field uh, on the court um, that resembles the city and uh, something they can be proud of
1: and you know I like the way that you all to the point that you made when before we even came on you guys talked about maybe not knowing each other like that before, but you keep up with each other. I mean, I think that's absolutely tremendous. And and for you, Brad, I mean, look, you come in there, right? You you trade Matt Stafford. Like, you know, I mean, you're trading Matt Stafford, but you knew Jared Goff. And I know a lot of people probably question that, but you knew Jared Goff from your days at St. Louis. You Not only do you make that trade straight up, but you get draft capital back. And it seems to be working out uh, well for you so far.
3: Yeah, um you know when we um, made the trade um I, I it seems like the narrative was that um that Jared was a was a throwing that that, that we that we we had to take him and um you know me and Leslie with the Rams we have a great relationship with the team for so long and he specifically asked me if I wanted Jared golf, because there was a carousel of quarterbacks and there was other teams calling less to acquire Jared and I never forget. Les said specifically asked me. We had the trade for Matthew in the year we had those parameters in place. But he said, "Do you want Jared as part of it?" And I was like, "Absolutely." And so, um, but you know, I thought he was the he was the right guy to to start this path that me and Dan were going to embark on because just like what Troy was talking about with the adversity, we we knew what we were about to face in terms of we tore the roster down to the studs basically and you knew we were going to start from the ground up. And, um, and you look at Jared's past track record, he's had a lot of um, the mental toughness in the fight through adversity. He's done that a lot, even back when he started at Cal, and they only had one, one game. And then the next year there was 500. Then the next year, you know, bowl game success. And, you know, that first year in L.A., that was a tough one. And so when he got here, you know, in 21, when we first got here, Look, we didn't have a lot of help around him. We had a lot of injuries on the offensive line. Um, we had to make a mid-season uh, OC change. Dan had a call to call the play, and he, he battled through a lot. And I, I, I give the kid a lot of credit. So his success, his points, not a surprise to me. But I'm happy for him the way he's battled through adversity, and I think he's earned respect of, of, of the city.
1: Happy holidays to you and yours on this replay edition of the program. More of our conversation with
4: Brad and Troy after this. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. Call Rate Genius now.
0: 800-958-0341. 800-958-0341. 800-958-0341. That's 800-958-0341. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to box row. to Box to, box to row. row. Box to Row.
1: Welcome back to this special edition of Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. So we're going to continue our conversation with Brad Holmes, the general manager of the Detroit Lions, a North Carolina A&T graduate, and Troy Weaver, the general manager of the Detroit Pistons, a Bowie State alum, as part of our HBCU Collective podcast. Two more thoughts for both of you all because we want to respect the time, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I did not thank both the Pistons um, and the Lions' PR departments for setting this up. I mean, you you know, two GMs in the middle of the season. I mean, that, that's 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 I'm, we're very appreciative of that. Scouting HBCU plays. I'm going to start with you, Brad. Um, you've made a point uh, to to do that. James Houston comes to mind. Six round draft pick. He plays on Thanksgiving. He plays seven games, uh, beginning with Thanksgiving last year through the end of the season. Eight sacks. So, you I mean, you were familiar where a lot of people, you know, may not have known because you've had that HBCU experience.
4: Yeah,
3: you know, um, I, I did make an emphasis on, um, you know, if you want to give back. And look, when it comes to what we have to do, like you can't give handouts out and you, you can't say, oh, well, we're going to draft this kid just because he went to HBCU. Like we don't have those luxuries, but, you know um, – but I want to give everybody an equal opportunity regardless of the um, level of competition. And bottom line is if a kid can play, he can play. It doesn't matter if he's playing in the SEC or if he's playing in the MIAC or the SWAC. If he's got explosiveness. He's got explosiveness. If he's got a motor. He's got a motor. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll figure all that stuff out in all-star games and how the kids made up and his intangibles. But uh, but uh, it, was real, it was really cool to um, be able to get James in. And we, he, he wasn't ready, you know, when he first got in training camp. And he had a goal practice squad, but he kept working. And you um, started seeing it, you know, a couple of weeks before we had got him up. And by the time we got him up, I was just so happy that he he took advantage of his opportunity. Obviously, he had a, a devastating injury, but um, you know he, he's working hard rehabbing. But that's going to be the same approach um, that I'm always going to take uh, because you know I I know that any HBCU player, um, you know they have a they they have a certain level of grind to them um, and and what they got to hustle with.
1: Yeah, and I know for you, Troy, maybe slightly different because you have less roster spots than an NFL team, but I know you still have your eye on HBCU talent, and we're seeing where there are many more camps for HBCU players.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, the The NBA has really uh, stepped up. Um, they uh, have different tournaments now. At every All-Star game, there's an HBCU Classic Um that allows those teams to be exposed um, to everyone. Um, So the exposures there at NBA has really stepped up um, there. I mean, Chris Paul has a tournament uh, every year, different venues now. Um, Guys are getting a chance to uh, have the the national exposure and uh, it bodes well for those uh, HBCUs and the players uh, alike being exposed. Um, and that's all you want. You, you, you want to give those guys a chance to be seen and evaluated uh, like everyone else, and uh, it's been exciting. I, I, I've stayed and watched um, those All-Star games. Uh, I mean, the HBCU game at the All-Star games, uh, and, and it's been great, and I plan on going out to Vegas this year um, to see the Chris Paul class. So, no, uh, scouting those venues is uh, are very helpful, and, and like Brad said, it's no handout, but just giving them, exposure and the opportunities is, is what it's all about.
1: No doubt about it. Michael B. Jordan, of course, has, has a tournament um, as well. Last thought for both of you. And I'll uh, once again, start, uh, go with you or start with you, Brad, you're, you know, uh, you're, I believe the first HBCU grad, that's a GM in the national foot. I believe so in the national football league. Um, can you speak to what that means to you, and when people see you as a as an HBCU grad, as a black man, as well, because there's not a lot of black brothers in those positions, um, you know, sort of what that really means to you.
3: Yeah, um, that's, that's a great question, Donald. Um, it, it means a lot to me, and it it it, it I hope it's a symbol of of, of of progress, and it's it's a symbol of hope for other guys at HBCUs or other uh, black men as aspiring uh, to become a GM or a top executive one day. And, um, you know, I think when I got hired, there were two GMs at the time um, and two black GMs at the time. And, you know, those numbers have increased. Uh, hopefully we can continue. To make progress, but um, you know, um, as we're making progress at the gym level, we still got to make more progress at the head coaching level. And, and ultimately, we got to make more progress at the president level. So, um, you know, one of the things that with the lines that we started is uh, what we call the Wally Triplet uh, rotational program, where, you know, Wally Triplet was the first uh, black uh player drafted or playing a game by the Detroit Lions and um and we're gonna have those you know recent graduate minorities rotate in all the different departments besides coaching and scouting so corporate partnerships, marketing, community stuff, you know, like everything so they can get those necessary skills to to, to get more, you know, presidents or anything above that. So, um, but yeah, it, it's progress. Um, hopefully, it's, it's a symbol of hope for for others. But but we we, we got to keep driving. I don't think the job's done yet.
1: And then same thing for you, Troy. I believe you're the second HBCU alum behind Willis Reed, who of course, uh, after his great playing days with the New Jersey Nets. But you know, your, your thoughts in terms of being an HBCU grad in or uh, alum in the position that you're in.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, echo brass sentiments that, you know, we may now have, you know, eight uh, African American GMs uh, in the NBA. So uh, the NBA, uh, the progress there has been tremendous um, with African Americans. But so far as HBCUs, um, just to those those opportunities, uh, the NBA. Uh, has opened the doors to a lot of uh, internships uh, and partnerships with HBCUs um, here in the last uh, four or five years has really opened the doors uh, in, in all aspects uh, of operation, basketball operations. Um, every year we, we hire interns um, from HBCUs and just giving them that exposure. So, uh, like I said, just with the scouting butt in, in the front office, as well, just giving those um, young people a chance um, to work uh, in these programs and be before those opportunities um, bodes well for us going forward and being able to uh, hire uh, more uh, minority and HBCU um, alums and grads uh, along the way. So no, it's, it, it's great to be a part of. It
1: this has been absolutely wonderful. We want to respect the time before we get out of here. I want to give you guys last words, any last thoughts, Brad, I'll start with you.
3: Hey, look, uh, this is a great platform. I appreciate you having me on, um, you know, you know, we've, uh, we've talked about adversity, uh, you know, on this, on on this program. And uh, we, Troy and I have definitely been through a lot. And I thought Troy made a good comment. It's going to come again. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as good as it goes, um, you know, our old coach, Bill Hayes uh, from AT, so always say, once you think you're on easy street, you're always a block away. And so that ad- adversity defines us. And that's why we uh, pride ourselves on grit and, and willing to do adversity. And so, um, you know, uh, I just want the city of Detroit to continue to support us. And uh, I appreciate you having us on this. Absolutely.
2: Troy, any last words? Yeah. um, I'm just excited to be a a part of um, this forum and being here in the city of Detroit um, and the restoration of all of the pro teams here and for Brad and I to um, be afforded these opportunities uh, in the same city at the same time. Um, as we're trying to build these franchises back up, it's a tremendous blessing and honor. And uh, we don't take it lightly. Uh, Brad and I, we, we're excited about um, the work that's ahead, the work that we're doing. Uh, and the city has really responded. Um, I mean, there's probably no other city um, but Detroit that could, that would and could house what we're, what we're doing right now. Um, so it says a lot about the city. Um, uh, having us here and in, in, in the support uh, that we're receiving, so um, we're thankful uh, uh, for this opportunity. And uh, one day, hopefully, we can look back on the uh, rebirth and restoration of, of the Lions and, 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 and the Pistons uh, that were led by um, you know with us being a part of it. Um, this process with uh, African Americans at the helm.
1: We got to wrap it up, folks. We could go on all day. To, this is history. Two HBCU alums, Troy Weaver on the right. He's a general manager of the Detroit Pistons, a Bowie State alum. On the left, Brad Holmes, the general manager of the Detroit Lions, a North Carolina A&T grad as they both join us here on Box Toro. Look, guys, I don't take this lightly. I really, really appreciate you guys' time. Continued success in all you do.
3: Thanks, Donald. Thanks for having us on.
2: Thanks, Don. I appreciate
3: you.
1: If you missed any of that conversation with both Brad Holmes, the general manager of the Lions, and Troy Weaver, the general manager of the Pistons. And by the way, I mean, look at that dichotomy when you're talking about two general managers in the same city, both are HBCU alums, okay? Um, You can check it out on the Box to Row YouTube channel as part of our HBCU collective Podcast. Look, history making is going to continue today here on Pachero because Brad Holmes, the first uh, HBCU grad that is a general manager of a National Football League team, uh, as was mentioned on that conversation. Um, And but look, look, when you're talking about Troy Weaver, I mean, an HBCU alum that is the GM of an NBA franchise is absolutely wonderful. Up next here on the program, a conversation I had with a friend of mine. Um, As a matter of fact, Kyle Serba was the sports information director at North Carolina Central for right at 30 years. On Tuesday, he started his new position as the executive director of communications for Duke Athletics, and he'll talk about it next
3: you're listening to "From the Press Box to Press Row."
1: That is the voice of Kevin Durant.
3: I'm excited
4: I get to
5: play for. Them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to you know go to work and and know that you're going to be uh you know they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. Michael
1: B. Jordan, and, and, I, and I think it's a testament to you know what HBCUs mean to people. You know and 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 having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities you know what i'm saying in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at hbcu we have high you know high high talent Um, And often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light, and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games. You know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way is really, really important. Um, And and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith It's my suit see a hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because... That's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And you know, when my day comes, when when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever though, that person or those people are people that knew I cared about them and believed in them to help them get to this place.
0: Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you, I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man, the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice. Anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse
1: man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams.
0: That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it like that. You
1: know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan.
3: Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to it. <laughs> You know what is it's good, and and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you.
1: As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State?
0: What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school, and after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco
1: 49ers. Dave Roberts, manager of the L.A. Dodgers to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers, what does that mean to
2: you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social,
0: the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity. hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility. But something I'm willing to
1: undertake. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh man, thank you for having me play in a real
2: way. I mean, I'm so honest. New football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One.
1: NBA All-Star Chris Paul.
5: That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a
1: uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Mel It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving playing a Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now?
3: Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you no know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to the car, and I was driving it in first eight games, and you know, being a part of something special like that, and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget.
1: Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man,
2: thanks for letting me talk a little bit music,
4: movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey, y'all. It is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row. From
1: the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that
2: is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at box2row.com.
1: That's From the Press Box to Press Row. Real. Relevant. Radio. Let's keep things moving here on Box to You know, it's always good. We, we, we always have great guests, right? But see, this time around, I've got a friend that is a guest on the program as well. As a matter of fact, Kyle Serba. So Kyle uh, was the, in essence, he was associate athletic director, but in essence, sports information director at uh, North Carolina Central for almost or right at 30 years. Um, and he just got a big gig, as a matter of fact, that he started on Tuesday. And see, let, let, look, I got to get the title right. Got to make sure the title is right. Executive Director of Communications uh, for, at, at Duke University, the Athletics Department. The primary contact for men's basketball. Like, that's huge because when you talk about Duke and men's basketball, you're talking about probably maybe the most supreme in terms of college athletics. Okay, so after 30 years, he is now in that role uh, there at Duke, and he joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on,
5: Kyle? Kyle, it's, it's an honor. Obviously, you know, we go back decades. We're aging ourselves a little bit, but <laughs> we go back so long as friends and, and colleagues, and I've, I've set up a bunch of people to come on your show, but I've never been on your show, so this is a big honor for me. Well, one time. Okay, remember? No, so you may
1: remember... When I did a live show um, during the spring game, it was during our spring football tour one year, and um, yes. whatever the—I forget who the head coach was at the time. Maybe may have been Jerry Mack. I don't remember. Bullock, I think. Yes, Bullock. And so you came on the show then, uh, mm-hmm. but that was more local. This is actually—you know—we were we were on in like Raleigh and a couple, of, but this is more more serious XM and all that, man. So you're a
5: big deal. You're a big
3: deal. <laughs> Happy to be here, Donald.
1: I appreciate it. So look. Tuesday night, I gotta ask you. Different experience for you after 30 years. Your first, uh, first time as the executive director for communications, men's basketball. How was Tuesday night uh, at Duke University?
5: It was amazing, uh, spectacular. Of course, you know you're being Cameron with the fans and the crazies, and it's always good, good, good get, get win. People were telling me that uh, I was one to know, so uh, <laughs> that, that was positive. But it really goes back. To uh, Monday night, Uh, you know, Monday was uh, a really difficult day for me. My last day at at NCCU, and I had imagined that, uh, you know, I would kind of 5:01, just uh, grab my my backpack and the flowers that my family gave me, and just walk out the door. But it it didn't work that way. I was there, pretty typically, as an SID, uh, till about 9:30 at night. The last one to leave the building, which was kind of appropriate. And then got started, you know, on Duke's campus. I had to make sure I drove to the right campus on uh, Tuesday morning at seven forty-five, and it was it was just a long day trying to get settled in, all the HR things that have to take place. Um, but the folks over here at Duke have been amazing, very welcoming and encouraging and supportive, and um, just it was a spectacular first day uh, here at Duke.
1: You know, I, and it's interesting because we've known each other for so long. But I, I, I kind of went back and looked at your, um, your bio. So I remember that you played ball. You played baseball specifically. Yeah. Um, at what is it? It's a, it's I want to make sure I say it right. Ud, is it Utica.
5: Utica, that's right. Utica
1: College of Syracuse University. You batted three. You you four years. You batted three forty.
5: That's pretty good. No, that that was my senior year. Okay. I It was four years. That was my senior year I batted 340. No, I still look, as a freshman, I was still wet behind the ears. And uh, my teammates will tell you, the freshman year was a struggle. Uh, I was still figuring it out. But, yeah, I had a a great experience at at University College, a proud pioneer. Um, You know, and being a student athlete, I think, has actually helped me in my career. Because working in college athletics, I kind of get what it's like to be a student athlete. And have developed some incredible relationships with, with student athletes over at North Carolina Central and, and look to do the same here at Duke. Yeah, no doubt.
1: And then so then of course, um, two years as the sports information director at the State University of Albany, which is in New York. What what and that was two years. So then you came to Central in ninety four. How did you mm-hmm. ultimately or how did you end up at North Carolina Central?
5: I was Trying to get away from the snow and the ice of upstate New York, um, which, you know, obviously worked out spectacularly for me. You know, I I had actually moved to North Carolina without a job. Uh, my best friend and I from college, we just packed up and, and took a road trip One uh, during right around spring break of 94. And we drove for our first stop was in um, Raleigh. Drove through Durham, went to Charlotte, took in a Hornets game. That was when they had Rondo Morning, Muggsy Bogues, and L.J. Uh, went down to Atlanta, then Myrtle Beach, and we on our way back up north. We're like, man, we should move down here. And you know, you're young and you don't know any better. We just packed up and moved down. Um, and then we're down here. I just picked up a job on a construction crew. Believe it or not, helping build houses and carry. And uh, I got a call from my mom and she was like, Did you apply for a job at North Carolina Central? I was like, Yeah, I applied, you know, months ago. Um, and I was still living in New York at the time. And she said, Well, they just called them and uh, asked if you would be interested in coming in for an interview. And Donald, I tell you, I could have moved with my friend anywhere. The fact that we were living at that time in North Raleigh, but 20 minutes away from North Carolina Central's campus and they called me for an interview. It it was just the start of many, many blessings that I've had in my life. And so, yeah, went on the interview, got the job, started August 1st, 1994, a day I'll never forget. Wow.
1: That is, man, that is awesome. Of course, we're joined by Kyle Serbis, now the Executive Director of Communications uh, at uh, Duke University, the Athletics Department, Men's Basketball. Uh, main contact is he joins us here on Boxster after 30 uh, years at North Carolina Central. Um, so th- how did this job at Duke come about for you?
3: Yeah. I was Or
1: opportunity, a- not job, opportunity.
5: Oh, definitely. Um, you know, again, I've been at North Carolina Central so long recently have been promoted to deputy athletics director for external affairs uh, with the transition from of ADs from um, Dr. Andrew Wicker-McCree to Dr. Ship Perkins. And uh, they gave me that opportunity to have a greater role in the department. Um, was enjoying that role and wasn't looking to leave. Uh, you know, I've had some opportunities to, to look at some other jobs in the past, but it You know, North Carolina Central has taken such good care of me, and I've had so many great relationships there over the years that it was never the right one. Um, Found out about the opportunity over at Duke. I wasn't looking for it. Again, another one of those blessings that just came to me. And I'll be honest, at first, I I wasn't sure. I was like, geez, you know, I'm coming up on year 30. Um, You know, I'm at like 29 and a half, and... Um, we're in the middle of football season, and this doesn't feel right. And I talked to the first person I talked to, quite honestly, was uh, the head football coach Trey Oliver, because he. My first year at North Carolina Central was also his first year at North Carolina Central as a freshman on the football team. So I've seen Coach Oliver grow up. I'm really close with his, his parents. Um, so I talked to him and I said, Coach, you know, I got this opportunity. I hadn't even gone on an interview yet. I said, um, you know, it would mean the world to me to have your blessing before I do this. And, and he told me, if, if you don't go after this, I'm going to fire you. <laughs> um, so, and then had, you know, then I talked to Dr. Perkins and a bunch of, you know, a few other people. I didn't want to make it widely known, just the key people that needed to know before I started the interview process. Um, and they were all very supportive. Um, and so that has really made this transition a lot smoother for me, knowing that I have the, the support of the people, uh, my family over at NCC You know, that that's meant the world to me because I probably, if I felt any type of hesitation or reservation on their behalf, um, I don't know whether I would have pursued it. Uh, but as I went through the interview process, um, you know, I've built up some relationships here over at Duke just because we're so close to each other. Um, and. Have you know, a lot of people that I consider friends over here, built up a lot of quality relationships. And every time I've come over to Duke's campus as an SID over at NCCU, I, I felt really welcome. And that was like magnified when I came over here for the interview process. It was a long process, uh, very detailed, thorough, and, and kudos to Duke for going through that. And the more I went through the process, the more I realized Wow, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me and my family. So again, man, I'm telling you, I, I don't feel I deserve it. I, I am humbled, but the blessings just keep coming. And it's, you know, they, uh, I told them not to do this, but so since, uh, the prior Tuesday when I, I made an announcement, um, of the fact that I was going to be leaving NCCU on November 20th, that was going to be my last day. Wow. The support uh, it really has been, just been overwhelming. It's blown me away. The amount of you know gratitude and encouragement and love that I've received from my NCCU family. It's been whew, it's been amazing. Um, and uh, my good friend and colleague um, Dr. Kendra Green came up to me in the hallway. Of course, she knew. Uh, she she helped me through the process and was like. Um, can we acknowledge you at the football game but, uh, before you go? I said, no, I don't want that. Um, please don't. And so, of course, they like usual, they don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> because, uh, again, another one of my good friends, George Bulldog Smith, he came up to me before the game on uh, Saturday and was like, hey, Kyle, I need you to, um, to meet someone really important um at the end of the first quarter. So I need you to be on the field and come over to this corner to, to meet someone. And I was like, okay. And right. I they didn't listen. Um but it was amazing. Again, they they introduced me and and um the crowd was so supportive. It was a real it was a, a special moment for me that I'll never forget. Um, going I was walking back To the press box, of course, I still got to get up to the press box and and work the game. Um, And people were, you know, just saying congratulations. They were stopping me and taking selfies. And, you know, I felt like I was a celebrity. It it was unbelievable. Um, And, of course, Coach Oliver, when I was on the field, um, he came out, gave me a hug. And uh, he said, because they were reading off a bunch of my accolades throughout the years, and he's like, "You did all that." <laughs> if you know Coach Oliver, he knew he loves to joke around. Right. And he said, "You think you can come out here and make some tackles?" <laughs> he wasn't real pleased with how the defense was playing at that point in the game. But um, and then of course the Eagles, in their typical fashion, uh, pulled out a huge victory. Um, a real special team, special group. Love these guys. And uh, Coach Oliver again, first class. Brought me into the locker room after the game. His enemy with the game ball. Uh, definitely something I'll cherish. And uh, he's actually up here on, on the desk here in the office here over here at Duke. I've got a uh, Eagles football helmet signed by Coach Oliver. So it's been amazing, man. It's been an amazing couple weeks.
1: More of the conversation with Kyle Serba on the other side. Happy Holidays.
4: The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now.
0: 800-958-0341. 800-958-0341. 800-958-0341. That's 800-958-0341. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. We track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row.
1: Kyle Thurber joining us here on the program four times. Uh, SID of the year, 2006 uh, North Carolina Central Hall of Fame, uh, Athletics Hall of Fame, uh, inductee as well. Now the executive director of communications at Duke University in the athletic department, uh, men's basketball. I got to say, look, if anybody deserves it, Kyle, you deserve it, okay? Now, I'm I'm sorry, but now, look, you've been doing this a good long time. You're excellent at what you do. You've done a whole lot for so many, even outside of student athletes. And it is time that you get to do, because at the end of the day, when you talk about in the SID business and you talk about HBC uh, whether it's HBCU grads, which you are, or whether it's, um, you know, uh, HBCU folks that go to this kind of level, there have not been many. Okay. So you're, you're doing this and deservedly. So right down the street from where they've seen you, they've seen you, they, they know. Right. Yeah. So it's your I mean, you got to feel like it's your time.
5: Well, first, I appreciate you saying that, Donald, especially since you're one of those elite that have made that jump. Um, and so I think that was another reason why this was such a, a, a good opportunity for me. The fact that I could have an opportunity at Duke University. And as you mentioned before, probably arguably the biggest brand in all of sports, definitely in college sports. Um, and I didn't have to move. You know, when I uh, I shared the news with uh, our 10-year-old daughter, Samantha, her first question was, do we have to move? <laughs> and I said, no, that's, you know, that's the thing. It's I'm just going to be moving three miles away from offices. And um, I just have to make sure I drive to the right campus. But... Um, no, I mean, that's another one of the best parts about it. I'm three miles away. I, I You know, when I was saying my device, uh to NCCU, I was like, look, I'm going to be back. I'm three miles away. I'm still going to come back and support the teams. Um, But I'm going to be in the stands and I'm going to be a fan for the first time. You know, when I sat up in the press boxes, posted midnight on the homecoming, and I was still up in the press box. And I thought, wow. This time next year, I actually get to come back as an alumnus and I can go to my first ever NCCU football tailgate and I can hang out in the bowl after the game. I'm like, this is going to be a lot of fun uh, to come back and, and experience NCCU life uh, as a graduate. So I'm not far away. Um, I still have incredible relationships that I've built up in this community um, with the media here. Um, who have been again fantastically supportive? I saw a bunch of them last night, um, excuse me, Tuesday night at the um, at the basketball game. So, yeah, I, I just it's it's kind of the perfect storm. But I'm telling you, I, again, I the blessings upon blessings. I just I return, I take. It just keeps coming my way.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I, I know this is sort of maybe a hard question, but like. What are some of your maybe some of your most memorable moments? Yeah. I say moments, but maybe there are times. I mean, I don't want to, you know, kind of put it in. But but what, what are some of your most memorable
5: moments at Central? Yeah, that's a it's a tough question because there are so many, right. and I don't want to slight any folks. So I, I'll try to rattle off a few. Um. I would say probably the, the biggest one as I look well, I would say most, I'm gonna lump them all into one. And that's anytime one of our student athletes has received a significant accolade, like right? um, we have had several that have earned the uh, AFCA All-State Good Works team for football for their efforts in the community. Um, we've had you know national players of the year uh in, in, in volleyball to on the division two level um just anytime we can have athletes earn those significant accolades, um and to know that i had something to do with that process as far as nominating them and promoting them that's special to me you know th- those are the things that i'll take because those things change their lives you know i've had athletes come back and tell me wow that was like a big deal for me and the fact that you helped make that happen they're forever appreciative because i tell them that's why i do what i do um, it, it's for the student athletes to have some type of an impact during one of the most impressionable four-year segments of their life um to, to help share their story is is really significant to me um, when you're talking about moments on the field, I mean, who can forget the, the huge comeback with the football team uh, at Carter Finley Stadium in the Eagle Aggie Classic? Um, they're, they're down he was 28 nothing in the first quarter and everybody thought, oh, well, here goes another, another loss in this rivalry. And, you know, the team comes back and they score in overtime and it was, it was just amazing. Um, I mean, there was Casey King scoring. 59 points in a tournament game, you know, just sitting there watching that was, was pretty spectacular. Um, of course, what the football team did last year in the Celebration Bowl, uh, unbelievable. Um, I remember in 2013 at the time, it was the 13-14 team, the 10-year anniversary, by the way, it was just last week, uh, was 10 years when this happened, when uh, the men's basketball team under Coach Moten knocked off NC State, um, that was huge. Um, so many conference championships along the way. Experience in softball this past year was great. Um, mm-hmm. first time a women's sport, one won a MIAC championship. And, uh, actually one of my classmates, Pat Tarvin is the head coach now. She and I graduated North Carolina Central earned a master's degree together. And she welcomed me into the dugout and I was in there hanging out with them doing pictures and social media stuff and just the experience there. Uh, positivity and energies. Again, for an old guy like myself, being around these these college students, <laughs> uh, it is it is pure joy to experience that that level of energy. So, gosh, there's so many. I could you and I could talk for another four hours, and and, and I could probably come up with more. And I, I apologize to those that I haven't mentioned. Um, but uh, I will I will lastly say that I, I never try to put the emphasis on myself. Um, I try to stay behind the camera rather than in front of it. Uh, but a couple of years ago, on, uh, on my birthday on, uh, September 18th, 2021, three former football players, uh, Malcolm Bell, Carl Jones, and Trevon Bear Davis, um, surprised me by endo- endowing a scholarship in my name to, uh, benefit mass communication students at North Carolina Central University, working in the athletics department, that was very humbling for me. Uh, and never forget those guys for that.
1: Yeah, and when listen, when Kyle says that, he means it. When I when I wanted to set up this this conversation with him, he 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 was he said, "Well, what will we talk about?" Well, yeah, he wants to be behind. And say, no, yeah, we well, we got a lot to talk about. So very humble as you've always been. Um, last thought that what what sort of the tra- I mean I know it's only been you know a, a couple of days you had your fr- first game uh, on Tuesday um, at Duke sort of what has or you think the transition sort of will be like for you?
5: Well, once I get settled in with uh, you know getting email and fees uh, and everything else set up, which you know that always takes a little bit of time. um, I think the transition is going to be really, I'll say positive. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a transition for sure. Uh, there's a lot of things to learn. They operate completely differently over here, um, in a in the, not in a negative way. It's just the different way of getting things done. And again, I've been doing it for so long over at NCCU. I can just kind of roll out of bed and and, and get the job done. Um, and I've got a lot to learn over here, but it's it's exciting, you know. I, North Carolina Central University has been the only full-time job I've ever had. When I was working at University of Albany, it was a part-time job making ten thousand dollars a year. Wow! Um, so I've never—that's the only full-time job I've had. And so to start new at somewhere else is like speaking a different language to me. Um, but it's exciting, you know. I've 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 been energized. Um, to start something new. And so I'm, I'm ready to attack it and get after it. Uh, looking forward to getting on the road with the Blue Devils, uh, heading out to, to Arkansas for the first time. You know, I've been blessed to have been traveling around in the, my Seattle A days and in the MEAC to all the HBCUs. Um, and now I get to, you know, check out some, some new places, and I'm excited about that. Um, You know, before before we go, I I do want to make sure that I I mention this. Did I talk about my HBCU uh, colleagues? I take great pride in knowing that when uh, I'm here and I'm traveling around the ACC and and around the country representing uh, Duke University, I'm also proud to be a representative of NCCU and all HBCUs, all of my colleagues. Um, So I know that I carry that badge. Um, because I take pride in knowing and I tell all the people that I work with and all the students that volunteer with us, it's like, look, um, I know there's a lot of, of focus and attention on the FBS programs, you know, especially the, the Power 5 programs. Um, but what you do here is special because by definition of the NCAA, a significant number of HBCUs are considered low-resource institutions. They're, they're funded in the bottom 5% of all the college athletics programs. And we are regularly asked to do more with less. And we have to do so many different tasks on a daily basis. You just never know what you're going to be asked to do. And if you can do that and be successful on that level, you can take those skill sets anywhere, anywhere. So no matter where you go, don't you know, downplay the fact that you're coming from whether it's a Division three, a Division two, uh, you know, FCS, whatever that might be, HBCU. Wear that with pride. Wear that with pride, and I do. Um, and I'm going to be a proud representative of NCCU and all HBCUs as I travel on
1: To do something that you, as you said, our schools are different. It's a little bit. It's tougher. I mean, it just is, right? I, and to oh. have done it for 30 years with excellence, man, with absolute excellence, you deserve this opportunity. I love what you said in terms of wearing that badge everywhere you go as a as a central alum, as an HBCU grad now at the highest level in college athletics. I don't think it can be overstated. I appreciate our friendship. You know, we'll be talking and we appreciate you joining us here on Box to Rocao. Continued success in all you do, man.
5: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Again, it's an honor to to be on the show and I generally value our friendship over the years. And um, again, I look forward to staying in touch.
1: Thank you for joining me on this special holiday edition of Box to Row. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. If you want to watch this conversation with or the conversation, I should say, with Brad Holmes and Troy Weaver in its entirety, you can watch on the Box to Row YouTube channel under the HBCU Collective podcast. Look, I'm out of pocket. The next couple of weeks going to return the week of December 4th with a brand new box to row. We got a lot to get to report cards, winding down the season, a conversation with the legendary Lou Holtz as a matter of fact, and right now on the box website, you can check out the column that I had a chance to write about Buddy Pugh, the now former head football coach at South Carolina State, in it, and included some comments from Lou Holt. For more information, great content, podcasts, columns, All America teams, etc., as it relates to HBCU sports and sports in general, visit our website, BoxTorow.com. And always remember to support those that support. Yo, Box2Row is produced home. by DW I'm Communications.
4: Home. Tell the Wash away all the pain of yesterday.